Welcome to the Realm of Fire, where I, Brendan, he, him, and my friend Rob, he, him, drop bombs and braggadocio about Games Workshop games. Content warning, this show is grown men dropping heavy-handed takes about toy soldiers. It's not to be taken too seriously. Also, strong language warnings apply. So what's up, guys? How you doing? How's everybody doing this fine Sunday morning? Sunday afternoon is lovely. Thank you very much. Touche. <laughs> Touche, <laughs> man, for yeah. I just fucking woke up. You're out. You're out numbered this time. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah. I am, and, and that's because uh, uh, we don't. It's not just. It's not just Brendan Rob this week. We got. Uh, we got Chris from Darker Days Radio. Hello. What's up, man? And from. Well, or perhaps more importantly, uh, Dark Hammer. Dark Hammer, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's good. Things good. I spent my morning, uh, just spent about an hour and a half playing some more Resident Evil Eight, so killing zombies and uh, capping them <laughs> quite happily. It's great. It's a really good game. I'm really happy with it. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, uh, on to some fucking Games Workshop talk. This yes. has been a crazy week for for Games Workshop. Yeah. I don't think we we should really be sitting here like raking people over the coals talking about like Warhammer Fest 2021. Mm-hmm. But definitely, it's good that it kind of happened uh, this week because we're kind of one of the things we sort of want to talk about is like what the future of 40k sort of looks like and. Uh, Warhammer Fest has definitely done quite a bit to sort of signal the direction that uh, it's going. But uh, why don't we get started with some uh, fucking uh, games played and hobby progress type shit. Uh, I I like to call this Ye Old Hobby Bench. Ye Old Hobby Benchy. Yeah, that's good. Ye Old. Wow, so many E's. E's, Call that. that Just change everything to a Y and an E. Boom, you're done. You're talking. Well done. Uh, what, the fu- what the fu- what are you guys working on? What are you guys working on? Go on, Chris, you go. Uh, so this week I finished off a whole load of... So I had the original Dark Uprising uh, boxed game, which had a ton of Necromunda. So that's a, that was the limited release starter set for Necromunda, uh, which had Enforcers and... Uh, Corpse Grinders. Corpse Grinders. So I finished and ZM ZM terrain yeah. for miles. So I, so I painted all of that, and I had got the set of tiles, four four tiles, and then I bought another four and bought more walls and doors and platforms and stuff. So I've now painted all of that. So I've now got a, if we're talking tile area, two foot by, two foot by four foot of tiles so i actually technically just want one more tile so i can have a three foot by three foot square filled but yeah it's it's insane i mean if you use it all either you can have nice and i've got zone mechanica so you can spread it out so you can have some like uh kind of built up and makes it have some open spaces like a factory and walkways and that's really good or you can go fuck it let's have two by two and go ultra dense and high uh so that you've got very limited lines of sight and people falling to their death uh, quite happily, or of course, because you've got that am- amount of walls and everything, you can do quite happily. I guess, I guess, like two by yeah, you know, the, the amount of space I've got. If you do that all as two D terrain for the zone mortalis scenarios in Ekmunda, where there is you're only operating on one level, you can't go up or down. It's just corridors of death. Um, you can do that. So I've got plenty. 
So that's all painted um, using the style of um, uh, Mark. Um, well, I can't think of his name at GW. Uh, Mark uh, Bedford. Bedford, yeah. So, which is basically you, you dot paint onto like an orange or, or type of paint onto the tiles once you've done all your detail, like you've sponged on hazard signs and shit like that. You spray a bit of water on it and it causes the paint to pull and separate and then when it dries, it dries into all the grooves but you also get natural kind of um, water staining. So that just looks quite natural and good. And you know, I've not painted every single bloody detail but as even he would say, who the hell has time? Just make it look kind of good. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, I always figure, go to a factory and have a look at actually how many rivets are painted the same colour. You know, they, right? they don't... They don't paint rivets and stuff to separate colors. I mean, you you don't you don't also don't want the terrain to outshine the models. Exactly. Like, I mean, especially when you're seeing these amazing terrain kits, and you do want to be able to see the models on the board. People are always like uh, trying to like uh, have a laugh at the Space Marines, and they're like, "Oh, the fucking Blood Angels are like painted red. Why would you do that when you're going into battle?" It's like, well. It's a model, bro. You need to see it on the table. Like, have have you guys ever like lost your own camouflage model, like on the board? You know, I mean, it does happen. Yeah, it's it's kind of stupid that kind of approach. Plus, anyway, space rings are like so heavily armored. Why do they even care yeah. about like yeah. camouflage? That's not the point. Yeah. They're they're above yeah. that. Um, so yeah, that was hobby wise. And then the next thing on my list, hobby wise, to do is. I'm hold like Curse City is all primed, it's all Zenithal primed ready, but I'm holding off on it and I'm mostly gonna prime up and do my Death Worlds um forest terrain. Because I was lucky enough to get a second hand set that did not cost more than the original retail price. So that was good. Um and that will be all my Is that the one with like the Eldar yeah. thing? And it's Are those hard to get now? Yes really that set especially if it's the kill team set which is how i got it so it was that entire set plus the gaming board which is great because now with the gaming board and that i have a a really good alternate um war cry table which is cool uh b you use all the plants in necromunda because they're in one of the books, so I can now actually use the whole table and just fill it as some like dome that's overflowing with the crazy Necromundan, uh, uh, crazy death flora. And then C would obviously use it for um, Gorkamorka. <laughs> and D, and D then is, uh, is for <laughs> so you know, that's the thing. Yeah. I like getting the most out of my uh, sets yeah. like that, it's great. Oh, sure. Is that your I order of games the... as well? Warcry, Necromunda, Gorkamorka. Oh yeah, okay, 40K. yeah. So my main games right now I like playing. So I've got I picked up uh, a couple of years ago a new inbox, pretty much new inbox set of Gorkamorka after I lost lost my original years and years ago. Fantastic. Uh, when I've got the time, I want to rewrite the rules to fit Necromunda current edition because the initiative system would much better suit how vehicles work. Um, so I've got that Warcry. I've got tons of stuff, and I love it. It's the best like quick game you can play ever. Um, Kill Team. I'm less enthused about because obviously I'd rather play Necromunda. Uh, and I think also I've not played yet the new edition of 40k. Obviously with things, but uh, my plan is when I get round to it, I'm just going to play um, kind of 
25 power kind of crusade uh, combat patrol combat, yes. yeah combat patrol yes. stuff yeah. so I've got yes. um, the Elucidan Star Striders so the rogue trader from the kill team so uh-huh. right and mm-hmm. I've got some marines and obviously I've got everything from Blackstone Fortress barring the what was it um, trace command so right I could just quite happily just do as my 40k forces a rogue trader some of her um, voidsmen uh a squad of marines who were just like attached to her ship and just like mm-hmm. yeah this is our business we go planet to planet as her honored bodyguard and then a zote because fuck it there's a zote um and, <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's my 40k force yeah. like who cares brilliant well that's pretty yeah. that's pretty cool I actually, I actually did and that's why i there. like it i think that's yeah. why i like 25 power or that kind of scale i want the feel of second edge 40k again yeah i just don't that's have time what... to write i don't have to write <laughs> armies Except yeah, for what I've already got, which is mainly for Age of Sigma. That's what we talked yeah. about about two episodes ago. How the exactly. ideal army is: couple of characters, couple of squads, couple of fun things. Just great, absolutely great. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, to me, to me, twenty five power. I mean, that's what I've been playing at in my uh, Crusade League. Because, because, uh, I mean, like, without getting in full into like how Crusade works, like twenty five power is so fucking fun. It's about five hundred points. It gives you like all just the basic stuff that you need. It's an incredibly fulfilling experience. I would recommend Chris, like, dude, check out that those uh, uh, Crusade rules mm, where yeah. you have the, like the fifty PL roster, and then like you can kind of you have some some choices when yeah, you when you go to. Now, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's dude. It's so fun. It's so fun. Well, it's 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 to me what 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 Warhammer they always said it was going to be, and then it never was. Yeah, it's it's right. such, such such fun. And I can easily push up How- to that size because I've got like tons of um, I've got like twenty um, Vansar, so they could be like her tech guard, mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. running around in carapace yeah. armor and like basically archaeo tech weapons. Yeah, you can just yeah. use them as yeah. Skatari and you're done, aren't you? Skatari or Guardsmen. So many, so many yeah. good fucking conversions right now. Like, just so much amazing mm. conversion fodder. Yeah. Like, yeah. Un- well, unreal how, how good that, that stuff is. And going back, talking about Necromunda, that was one of the cool things from Warhammer Fest, because um, my Vansar have the resin um, conversion kit stuff that they brought out. But now we've got plastic sprue optional parts for Escher, <laughs> and, or, uh, Escher and Goliath. Goliath, so like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's a real come up. That's a real yeah. come up. I, I kind um, of put jokingly that the the Goliath one is just an orc weapon sprue, but yeah, it right. totally is. It just totally is. <laughs> the cross compatibility yeah. of all the lines has become just. Uh, I mean, it's you, we could see it like five years ago, like how they were really trying to kind of like like tighten stuff in so that like any kit from any line could be used in any other line. Mm-hmm. But now it's just singing to this point where. You get a drop for Age of Sigmar, and you can immediately be like, "Oh well, how does this work in Necromunda?" You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's well, one it's of the things unreal, I really unreal. want to do. I want to write a custom scenario I've had in my head is to use uh, night haunts um, in Necromunda and do uh, ghost hunting, like <laughs> lasers at ghosts, good. and then that going great. Into more talus terrain. You're just like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, to- totally. I I have some night haunt stuff for for my uh, Necromunda mm. um, set, my antagonist set, like warp ghosts, man, yeah. warp ghosts, and like um, um and uh, what are they uh what are they that I've got from Necro- uh, from Blackstone Fortress as well? Oh, pop shambles, uh, pop shambles, oh, yeah. yeah, perfect for Necromunda yeah. again, like because I've got like a, all, and again, this is why Blackstone Fortress is amazing because every single model that you get in most of the expansions, bar like Chaos Marines, um. You can use as chaos cults. You can use as 
pox shamblers, so they're just random monsters. Uh, you've got Zoe, which may as well turn up in Necromunda as a random monster. And then you've got all the character models um, are like nobility and everything, which you, again, can hire into your Necromunda games. So it's classic. It's brilliant. It's yeah, really agreed. golden Absolutely. time for, um, for GW, I think. Yeah, G- GW Skirmish now, awesome. sp- this is better time than ever because you've got the variety of Rogue Trader and the character of Rogue Trader, but with plastic conversion ability as opposed to a hunk of lead. So yeah. it's just wonderful. I prefer lead. But this is kind of almost metal, the era of the... Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I prefer white metal as a bitch. I'm so glad it's gone. <laughs> aren't, aren't, aren't we kind of playing in the Skirmish era right now? Uh, yeah. Like, I feel... I mean... Even even with GW shrinking the size of the board and really focusing on making sure that Ninth Edition is like playable at um, uh, twenty five PL, fifty PL, and, the, and 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 really like because before those games, the game would kind of fall apart at those at the five hundred point thousand point level. Yeah. You wouldn't really kind of get the feel of the game until fifteen hundred, two thousand points. Now the game, it's almost like its own fun game. Like my friends. I haven't played above 35 PL since Ninth Edition came out. I, I fucking I fucking love it right at that level. Uh, do we think just uh, real quick? Do we think that AOS is going to shrink its board size it already in third edition? Has, since it already has. You can happily play with the current um, General's Handbook. You can play a thousand points on a smaller board. Yeah. So you can play. Yeah. On a three but by I mean, three? do you think that they're yeah. gonna? Yeah, my my do board you think is that too killed. Edition, when, when you think when third edition comes out, they will have the new the forty k dimensions. I think that'll be baked in a lot more. Yeah, I mean this comes back to what you were saying, Rob. Like um, GW has clearly been doing a lot of market research on the fact that um, what's everyone's average table size? Two foot by four foot. If it's a coffee table, which fits a kill team board, or if it's a bit larger, it's because they've got an IKEA um, kitchen table, uh, which obviously is never going to be four foot by four foot. I don't have it. Well, I do have boards that go on my kitchen table to make it four foot by four foot but again it's four foot by four foot plus extra space for all your doohickeys like the only game i like playing at that size now on that table size or bigger is adeptus titanicus which i also have and uh, is amazing i love adeptus titanicus right chris we're gonna have to talk about that because i want to get into adeptus titanicus but have no regular opponents so we're getting to talk about that Uh, yeah i've got enough (laughs) forces Let, let me let me ask you guys because Titanicus came up. Right. So there's a lot of Titanicus love. How do you guys feel about Aeronautica Imperialis? Are you guys I've like played I've, it yet? But I like the models. I've played it and I think it's great. Really good fun. Yeah, the models are beautiful. And I'm going to pick up the Marine and Eldar box. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will paint yeah. up the Marines and then I will throw the Eldar out the window. Uh, I'll I'll That's it. Well, that is exactly well, what I thought. Contrast drive rush. Or bro, you could you could send me your Eldar, and I'll no. send you my Space Marines, and we'll have twice as much. Twice as much. To be honest, I'd more likely get it and then keep it as a self-contained game, so I can break it out with friends oh, who aren't quite into Games Workshop yeah, and stuff. You know, it's, it's still a good I board see, game. Okay. Um, Aeronautica is the only game that would I would consider collecting Tau in. The only the game. The town models are sick. The town models, the are, models sick. are really good. That's for real. Well, that's yeah. for real. Another game that's kind of about flying and everything, and I think is a really because I've got some of the smaller sets, so I've got like Speed Freaks, which is actually really good in some respects. I think it's sure, quite I've funny. heard that. Um, it's not complicated, uh, and also the battle boards are great for playing Gork and Morkron. Um and uh, <laughs> it's desert board. It's brilliant. Um, but the other thing I really like is, I actually think the rule system was really good, especially when you compare it to X-Wing and so forth. 
is uh, Gangs Kamora. I think actually has a really good chase system. Well, I mean, I wish that was still out. You it's, know, it's great. It's good fun, and I love Dark Elder, obviously as well. But. It's so it's so funny. There was this hot minute when like Gangs of Kamora boxes were like everywhere, and you could buy them for like like you know fifty bucks or something. They were they were way marked down, and now they're like two hundred and fifty dollars on eBay, and it's just like oh, yeah. it's break. like Gorchosen. You know, I oh, yeah. love Gorchosen <laughs> so much. It's like my favorite game. Um, and it's so expensive now. I'm so glad I picked one up. I picked that up um, the day after Trump was elected in America because I was so angry. I was like, I need to go spend cool. some money. So I went and bought yeah. Gorchos. <laughs> That's a weird memory. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have any uh, hobby progress, man? What did you do? What did you do with the hobby bench? On my old wow. the hobby bench. Not a huge amount. Um, yeah. Soul belongs to Chaos at the moment. So I was painting up some corpse grinders. Um, I'm going to be modeling some terrain. I've got loads of barrels and boxes for them. So I'm going to like cut um, uh, like holes in the side of the crates and have arms and stuff coming out of them as if they just pack oh, body nice. parts into them. Uh, take the top off the barrels and um, do like resin and blood for the blood god. So there's just like barrels of blood just sort of sitting around ready to be turned into corpse starch oh, yeah. mm. um so there my big thing plague marines started on my plague marines pointed out 25 power level a guy one squad of death guard one squad of pox walkers one flyer or tank 25 points that'll do do that collect Perfect. it finish it spray Perfect. it varnish it um other than that it's been a quite quiet um unfortunately started two armies um, because I was talking to some jerk on Discord and he was all like, oh, I play historicals. And I was all like, oh, Brendan, what do you play? And he was all like, oh, Chain of Command. <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty cool. And so I picked up some 50 millimeter World War One oh. figures because I can't collect World War Two because I always have to collect both sides and there's one side I don't particularly want to collect. Yeah, um, yeah. World War One still, you know, still not great. Like, World War One still, like, right. it's still, you know, autocratic nationalists. But at least both sides are autocratic. <laughs> So you know, it's it's so it's it, it's better. I know there's there's moralistic problems, of course, with stuff, but I also like throwing contrast khaki on a model and it's done. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then dry brushes. So did you bought, you got Flames of War stuff, right? Yeah. Or did you buy yeah. uh, Flames of War? Millimeter? Got them directly from from Battlefront, so I was quite pleased with that. Yeah. So eleven you eleven can paint quid for an army. Up so fast. Yeah, eleven That's quid smart. for an army. That's done. Um, yeah. Other than that, hobby-wise, in terms of creativity, I have inspired by Richard Buzzkill. Shout out to Richard Buzzkill. Nice. Um, what's, up? what's up, buddy? I've taken his idea of we have this OSR movement in role-playing of people rewriting rules for role-playing games in the style of old games, but with modern design sensibilities or, or um, e better, not improvement of life stuff. You know, kind of um, just making them that much easier. And I really like the idea of doing that for old miniatures games. Mm. So I dug out my copy of Rogue Trader, and I sort of put the question out to a few people, what free rules would you add, amend, change in Rogue Trader? And I'm going to put everyone's answers together and sort of rewrite Rogue Trader a little bit, purely just as a, nice. just in my head, you know, it's purely an exercise. But, you know, just see what can come out of it. Can, could we start rewriting older games and stuff and see what, what can be found? But, you know, it might come to nothing, but gonna give it a go well i think that that's a solid project because a lot of what you see in like a certain aspect of the osr is 
people going and they're finding like the pain points in those old games and then they're either kind of like riding around them to fix them or they're cleaning them up just so that they make sense. Like uh, a lot of people talk about old school essentials as being like the pinnacle of OSR right now. And one of the things that makes it so great is that it's just very clean, clear language about how a spell works, for instance. And when you get into that Rogue Trader book where it's like, I mean, the stats are wrong on the guns and like like one section will completely contradict like the next section and like there's like in order to sit down and play you have to have this huge conversation with your opponent about like well how how are we gonna deal with this rule set that's that's internally inconsistent and are we using the battle book are we using white dwarf 95's upgrades so it's proper like yeah so yeah i want to do that just like for example vehicles i'm just going to use nine federals for vehicles they have wounds as they take wounds they get worse and you don't have to bother about turning circles because fuck off (laughs) we can't be bothered with turning circles but but my question is is are you going to put in acceleration mechanics acceleration deceleration the only time that that is acceptable is in as we've already mentioned god's own game gorkamorka where you have to shout <laughs> wah red button wah and that's that's an acceleration mechanic that is the only acceleration you need to do yeah, yeah. screaming fruster fruster i i uh in the limited amount that i played rogue trader the i found the um acceleration deceleration mechanics of tanks to be incredibly charming i i loved it and this might make me a weirdo, but I no, thought but it, I thought even it was that you can chill out. You can say a tank is either stationary, going slow zero to six, or going full speed six to twelve. And you could even, if you really even just wanted to leave it at that and just go cool, and you can only go one step at the next turn. You could only move one yeah, step. That, that you know, yeah, that yeah. Now that's great. Really See, look that. at you. You're yeah. already doing it. Yeah. You're in there, buddy. Because <laughs> so, that would be fun. Because yeah. I do remember I that, that it gives was like the a flavor. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was yeah. awful. Um, and games played, just one game, Warhammer Adjacent, which was Chris's very excellent game of Soulbound, yeah. where I played an elf for the first time mm. in my um, <laughs> role-playing an career. Elf. An elf. An elf. And I did F Deepkin, and I decapitated a soul-blight vampire for all. But I'm not going to say the for all bit. A soul-blight vampire. Uh, <laughs> virus, uh, whatever they're called, bloodstalker vampire. Yes. Thingy. Yeah. Yeah, but he did. I took him a little bit of game. It, it did a little good. bit of gaming mechanics, but it was great fun. Really good fun. Really good session. Um, again, I think the fun about Soulbound is you know you're playing fantasy, but everyone's like competent, and either like in the case of the witch hunter was able to rain hails hail of bullets down on people with his pistols. That's fun. Uh, with your character, just awesome in close combat and decapitating people and stealing souls. That's awesome. Uh, the priest was just doing priestly good things and buffing the party and saying fuck off to the undead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Dave was there. Um, Dave was there as well. Hey? And Dave was there as and well. Dave was there with... He was a dwarf. He was playing a Duarte-like like, fleet, uh, like trader who, again, <laughs> yeah. was just kind of all-rounder kind of face of the party but still was also, you know, doing, like, shoot, just kind of an all-rounder. It just shows, like... You have a lot of fun with the system. I mean, I really... It's its a huge credit to, like, Emma and the guys at Cubicle 7 that it's just, like, that easy to to run. And you feel awesome. Your character's doing awesome shit all the time rather than, like, uh, what are my spell slots? Uh, what's this? Uh, what's that? Micromanaging every little bit. You're just like, can I fuck them in the face with this big hammer? Yes. Done. Um... Uh, yeah, uh, you know, that is a game I've written for. Um, I have my own little uh, 
point uh, place in um, the mortal realms, which I defined. <laughs> so there's a, oh there's cool, a, there's, a li- Neat. there's a lighthouse uh, outside um, Anvilgard, which is uh, <gasps> mine uh, that I des- that I created. Yeah, though I that's not in my they, game. I don't know why they placed it right outside Anvilgard. It should be miles away on the Charwin coast because it's like spewing undead out of this uh, portal to Shaiish. It just shouldn't be next door to the fucking port. <laughs> I didn't know you wrote that one. That, in my game, has been relocated to Brightspear. I used it um, off the uh, polychromatic sea. Yeah. So, yeah, it's this this lighthouse which, due to the Necroquake, um, has been corrupted. So, originally, it was guiding lost souls at sea to the underworld. But, obviously, that's been inverted by the Necroquake. Which, actually, in light of uh, Broken Realms, Mm. now I don't know what's going to it. So, that's fun. Um, Yeah. Right, Brendan, what have you done? And then we'll get on to 40k. Yeah. Oh, my God. All Uh, right, so uh, I've been... Okay, so 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 with 2020 and like the lock lockdowns and everything, I was like, okay, I'm gonna fucking learn airbrush, and then I didn't. I just like sat on it. <laughs> but I'm at this spot with my Ultway army where um, I, I started an Ultway army on January 24th of this year, and my goal was to get like a uh, thousand points painted in 70 days. And guess what? That did not happen. Womp womp. I, I'm still trying to get these guys fully painted. So I got to the vehicles part. A wave of serpent and three vipers and a war walker and um uh i was like well now i have to learn airbrush so uh, i've been airbrushing i've been getting a lot better at that um i really strongly believe in um monument hobbies uh pro acryl line i've been i've, I've really I've, I've been switching over everything to pro acryl except the like very very like specific citadel pants that you need um, to like, oh, I want to do, you know, corpse skin or something. I'll get my wreck hearth flesh out or whatever. Um, so yeah, man, it's just been a lot of, it's just, it's just Ulthway. I try to get in some work on Ulthway every single day so that I can get that army just looking really good. And it's, I, I'm kind of like one of those painters. I know that there's dudes who sit down and they bust out a kit and they, they build it and then they paint everything in that one kit and then they put it aside and they open up the next kit. <clears throat> I can't do that. My painting style is like when you're paint like like when Bob Ross is like painting a a painting, right? And it just starts out like four big globs and then each area becomes continually more detailed almost like simultaneously until they all are finished, right? And so um I kind of just hop around from unit to unit to unit to unit. So like right now I have that 1000 points is like basically table ready basically the basing system the basing shit is not is not looking great but um everything else is ready to rock and i'm just getting ready to be in that detail spot where i get to actually start going in and painting like details on 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 the models and i'm super stoked cuz it's it's coming together is what i'm trying to say it's a, it's starting to look like a fucking eldar army and not just like a bunch of models that have you know white guns um so I'm stoked, AF. Did did you go for my basing uh, technique? Your painting technique? Basing technique of your elder. No, what's your basing technique? Just carpet of lies. Oh, <laughs> oh no, yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say something like throw them in the garbage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you build your models and yeah, then you take them to the garbage. Just hit with a hammer, put a chaos marine on top. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'm doing some wraith bone shit. Um, and then... Uh, I I don't know. Like I'm really like the more work I put into the to, to the army, the the happier I am with them. I just I just really feel like 
you know how you like fall in love with your army? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You you start out loving the idea, and then you love the execution, and then if 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 you have a good connection to your army, um, you uh you just really start falling in love with it. I don't know. Every every time I sit down with these toys, I love them more. Um. <clears throat> All my games I've played with them, though, have been, like, pretty savagely disappointing. <laughs> That's 40K. Like, that is 40K. The idea of a game of 40K <laughs> is always better than a game of 40K. That's, like, the rule. I'm, 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 like, one in three right now, I think, with my Ulthway. They are just... They are really hard to play in 9th edition, uh, especially as more and more armies get 9th edition codexes. Um, I played against my buddy... Ben Bailey's Necrons. He's a great guy, very sharp player, very like he knows what he's doing. He always is he always pushes me to be a better player. He and I had a fantastic game. Um versus new Necrons and uh I just had so much fun. It came down to dice at the very end I lost, but it was just it was like it was like an edge of your seat assassinate mission out of the crusade uh, missions 20 at 25 PL. And then a few days later, I played against my buddy Brian, who plays Black Templars, and uh, I was like, man, Black Templars are like, I mean, I'd heard Black Templars were good, and I was like, but they are fucking savage, <laughs> and then it turns out he, uh, <laughs> it turns out he had uh, misunderstood a number of his own rules, and so, uh, I was, Classic. I was like, yeah. no, that's leadership, well. that's not attacks, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, he he was doing Grimaldus as having a uh, board wide uh, deny the witch, right? Because and this and this is like and this is if you read the current core book, and you're looking for what the range on deny the witch is, it's not in the section where it explains how to do deny the witch. It's in the section that says how to cast a psychic power. Right. And okay. one of the steps is, yeah, yeah. One of the steps is like, oh, if it doesn't get denied by someone who's like 24 inches away or whatever, then uh, then it goes off. But then you go down like two paragraphs to deny the witch, and it doesn't say you have to be within 24 inches to to, to do this. So he just assumes that oh, deny the witch is board wide, and I'm like sitting there, I'm playing Eldar, and like beads of sweat are like running down my face as he's just sitting here chucking dice, turning off my army every single round. I can't fucking do anything. I'm like, all right, I guess you know I was gonna reroll everything, but I guess I don't reroll anything. So, um, and then but 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 aside from that, dude, you gotta look out for Black Templars when you get back on back to the table. Black Templars, fuck, they are like they are they are. Fucking coming for you. They are advancing. They are re-rolling charges. They are the board's smaller. They don't care. They're dr- running up in big mobs. Oh my god, dude! Fuck <laughs> Black Templars. Find some way to turn. <laughs> you gotta find some way to turn those fuckers off. So that's that's what I've been up to. Um, <clears throat> also in my little my little GW centric life, I've been listening to fucking Hell's Reach because. You you fucking incepted that into I know. me, uh, Rob. Grimaldus. Like, it's all that every line of Grimaldus. <laughs> dude, <laughs> Jesus. But, dude, I was getting goddamn, like, because I was listening to Hell's Rage while I was being, like, stomped by uh, <laughs> fucking Black Templars with Grimaldus. Yeah. That's like, this fucking guy. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if you talk about like a bunch of space marines who are like the worst to have at parties, I suppose probably Imperial Fists are worse. Depends. Than Depends if you're into that or not. To be honest, <laughs> if you say so, man, these guys are just the most humorless churls in the history of the galaxy. 
I do not understand people's fascination with the Hell's Reach book. I'm only about halfway through it. I can't stand Grimaldus. I can't stand the Black Templar. <laughs> They're all dicks. It's the only book where you're just like, I hope the Orcs... It's not the only book, but you're just like, I hope the Orcs win. <laughs> By the end of it, you're just like, Gas, go, Gas, go, Gas, go. It totally is, man, because you're just like... I, I, I think it kind of suffers for being kind of like too grimdark for itself yeah you know yeah like it's a you it's really, very bleak it, it's very bleak yeah it shows you why like a little bit of black humor helps mm. cut the tension a little bit by not taking itself so seriously because every page is just like and then it was even more grim <laughs> than they thought yeah and, at one point fucking grimaldus is like walking down a tunnel like 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 raking his crozius across the wall to like intimidate some orcs. I'm just like this guy's like such a fucking neckbeard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Grimaldus is what's he gonna do? Like tell me about how like Joker is like the best movie. It's really about him. I mean, come on, <laughs> uh, it's too fucking much, dude. It's, uh, Have he, you guys been listening or reading anything? Black Library. So uh, I'm just picturing Grimaldus put, putting um, memes on Facebook now, where it's like. <laughs> I'm the wolf within. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I live in a society. We live in a society, society. memes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But that, that's, that's him. That's Sometimes him. I smile at the emperor, but corn smiles back or something like that. <laughs> you see, when I was commuting, I was listening to a lot of audiobooks, so I made my way through like the entire Eisenhorn trilogy again, and then Magus. I need to get into the rest of... Uh, I've got all the audiobooks for Rav- Ravner and, um, and so forth I need to dive into. But, you know, it's finding time often to, like, sit down and read that when you're not writing for other game, Like, actually doing paid work to write for games or <laughs> trying to do, like, I'm fucking done with writing a game for someone else. I'm going to paint my fucking toy soldiers or play Curse City. So, um, yeah, I think the last thing I read that I really enjoyed was... I really enjoyed Magos because it... Um, you get the the main because that's a collection of Eisenhorn shorts and uh, also has oh, what the fuck is his name this Magos biologist who's still relatively human in some respects he's not fully gone you know cult machine like fucked up kind of way but he's um he's just so like incompetent and like terrified of everything and comes face to face with like what is this it's like is this a ghost and it's like right no wait up this is like chaos incursions and it's just a view of like he gives you a really good view of the 40k universe of like people that just think chaos is just like a myth or like government propaganda and that's the thing that that's when i'm writing for 40k for like what i'm trying to do stuff for like the 40k roleplay game is like getting to the mindset of like the like the typical imperial guardsmen for the most part are never going to see a chaos space marine like, they're just going to die in front oh, of yeah. other heretics. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I say other heretics, they're not even heretics to chaos. They're just other humans that don't believe in the Emperor. They're other humans that have succeeded from there. They're other humans that have fallen into the thrall of maybe some aliens that do ex- that they actually see in that region of space. But There's, there's yeah. a great scene in Lord of Silence when some Death Guard are coming down onto this plant that's being held by Imperial soldiers, and you see it through the eye of this Imperial guy. He doesn't really even understand what he's seeing because he's like, what, what the fuck is this? This looks like a space marine, I guess. I've, I've seen in the pictures. Marines. Yeah, I've seen a picture of one yeah, of these guys. This, yeah. 
Yeah, and then he, he he's completely baffled by it. So, like, really capturing that idea that, like, uh, an imperial, your typical Imperial Guard guy has no fucking concept whatsoever about this stuff, you know? There's a good um, sort of seed in one of the horror books, um, which was called about Trench War, that the Guard were fighting in. And the, the idea of... Like you don't, you never see an enemy in it. You never see an enemy in it, and they are like. There's a bit where he's like, "What if this is just a like admin fuck up, and we're just facing another like Cadians are just deployed against Cadians, and they're just oh shelling God. each other, and they never see each other. Like that's so Imperium, just like deploy these to the war zone. But the, by the time they get there, the war's changed for three years, yeah, and guard are just fighting each other. You know? That's in Which Wizard in the Damned. Um, that's it. Yeah, the, the free parter. And that was the that short story is the base of the uh, one shot uh, I ran um, for ah, Virtual Horror because that's right. why uh, Mike who we podcast with on Dark Days Radio mm-hmm. uh, he was playing the commissar of the party and I had told right. him like, he, he was primed to go you're going to get progressively more and more paranoid you're going to see these yeah. things in all the other player characters and they're all just thinking like you know Oh, okay. Yeah, the commissar's like a commissar. It's like, no, he's gone full mm. crazy. And then, yeah. <laughs> literally via text message to Mike, I said, bang, 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 bang goes, all right, so I'm killing these people off screen. And everyone else is like, what were those bolt gun rounds going? And coming up <laughs> me, like, Mike's commissar has executed a whole lot of guardsmen from their platoon. And they're just like, oh, no, uh, yeah. he's gone completely mad. <laughs> and they had to kill him. Like, he got ripped apart by a chainsaw. Like, it was... <laughs> but that's that's a good can... That's a good little story, that. And that's the fun you can do with it. Holy and shit. The, the audiobook yeah. version of that collection of horror stories is great because that short story is narrated by... Um, is narrated by uh, Pinhead himself from Hell. Oh! Oh, um, great! Uh, yeah. And Bradley. Yes. Yep. Yeah, fantastic! Yeah, wonderful! Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to grab that one, then. dude. That sounds, that's definitely that's, worth that it. That sounds very worthwhile. Yeah, because so, you, know, you never know. I've got it. So I'll send it to you. Book. I'm sending you a parcel. I'll I'll throw that in as well. So Warhammer Horror oh, is definitely thanks, stuff man. that is more of the area of Black Library. I need to like make some time to listen to and uh, and Warhammer Crime as well because that overlaps. Oh yeah, that there's so many of them. It's really hard to keep up. Wrath and Glory, basically. <laughs> yeah. I'm what looking forward you, to you, Rob, Warhammer romance, but or? yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm reading. So I um, I read Gate of Bones. We've talked a little bit about this, but not gone into it yet. The second Indomitus uh, book. And I was fully jazzed. I was like, yes, I am into the era Indomitus for a start. What a wicked name. So, And we'll go into this in a minute. We are going to get to the topic of the show at some point, <laughs> I do promise. Um, but yeah, Um uh, I was like, I want to listen to Indomitus stuff. So I literally went onto Black Library, put into the search bar Indomitus, and most of it are little short stories, things like Belisarius, The Great Work, um, Traitor by Deed, Knights of McCrag. So just various little short stories all set around the era Indomitus. They're patchy. It's the Black Library. Some are good. Some are not. Um, some have really nice little seeds. Knights of McCrag's a fun one where um, it starts very 40k, goes very Age of Sigma. Um, so that has a fun little twist in it. Um, and yeah, that idea, there's just some nice... I, I just love this new universe, and we'll get into this, but yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, I, I we'll, want us to yeah. do a whole episode about each one of the Indominus books, because yeah. it is kind of the new thing that is unfolding, mm-hmm. which actually kind of leads us into our topic, which yes. is what is the new shit? What yeah. is the fucking new shit? And uh, in the, in, it, this is the new shit, right? Yeah, Indominus this is, is the new, new shit. shit, and it's uh, and it's kind of interesting to be part of this, to be kind of on the 
vanguard of a new era of Warhammer going forward, and they're very kind of explicitly saying this is... I mean, they they said it's an ex- the, the new era going forward, but then they also kind of, like, wound the timeline back a thousand years, kind of, right? Like, uh, hundred and something. Like, so, so I think 8th edition, effectively, was the end of the era Indomitus. It kind of went... There was the yeah. Indomitus Crusade, and this is what it's like. And then with ninth edition, they kind of went, actually, let's talk about the era Indomitus. So some yeah, stuff... Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but... You, but, can, find, you but, can find little paragraphs in the, like, old 8th core book that mm. tell you what happens in Warzone Charadon. Yeah. Like, we've got, like, a whole, all these books coming out now, and it's, like, one paragraph yeah. in the 8th edition book. I, I think I put that down to warp time fluctuations. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's definitely that. But um, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, let's get on to it then. Let's get let's get right, let's on. Do it. Yeah. So, in terms of talking about the future, really, we've got like three things. We've got the where the, where do we think the story is going? Where do we think the game is going? And where do we think sort of players fit into it via RPGs and books and stuff like that? So, lore wise, as we say, Indomitus is the big thing. And really, this is more, we're speculating. This is 100% pure speculation. We're just going to be chatting. All we know is what's come out. Yeah. But we could yeah. do a bit of wish listing. You know, what What do people want to see? Because I'm going to, it's meant to be hot takes. I'm going to give a hot take. I want to see more marine stuff. <laughs> I know that's a ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> 98 War Scrolls, 98 Cards is not more. enough for you. No, you want more? I want, I want to see the Primaris Firstborn become a full-on not just civil war, but like I want the Imperium to rupture again. Yes. Like I love the idea of the High Lords of Terror going, you know what, Gilliman, shut up. We've made your dad a god. Deal with it. And if he's like, oh, okay, like I, I want another rupture. I want there to be the universe to be split in two by chaos, and then literally humanity splits itself again in just a factionalized to such an extent that the universe goes even further down the pan for humanity. And there's precedence for that in the lore. I mean, we don't even have to go back to the Horus Heresy. Like, the Imperium's been split in half, like, at least twice, two more times after the Horus Heresy. Um, and I think I think Ultramar was the capital planet in one of those periods. So, um, yeah. And, of course, you only have to look at, like... Uh, um, they also moved at one point where the... Earth, uh, Terra wasn't even the capital at one point. I think uh, for things going on, I think oh. I need to look back at exactly. The was that during the I Am Slaughter books when Terra was under threat or something? Uh, or possibly. I think it was due to a yeah. religious schism as well. So it right. mostly relates to all the nonsense with you know Sebastian Thor and um, yeah uh, nonsense. The true so forth. The true god, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I think um, I think it's a natural um, thing because like I think the maledictum Cyclodex splitting the galaxy in half was really needed to like you know plunge an entire area into some change, um, and then following that up with the split, and that's mostly also going to be precipitated by the Pariah network um, growing. Mm. That's interesting. I really like that. I like that the Necrons have been put sort of front and centre as, in one way, like, they're going to screw the Imperium, but they're also the greatest weapon against chaos, and that's great fun. You know, I love that idea that they can also just go, actually, we've dealt with these guys, like, before, just, we can help. The Necrons have got a really complicated game plan, because A, they hate, they want to screw chaos, and they want to get rid of like things that break the very laws of physics because that's what Necrons rely on. They're like high physics rather than 
nonsense. Um, chaos is all just nonsense, that's the point. Um, but then Necrons, I think... I mean, the thing that we're definitely going to have to see happen, I think, is there has to be some sort of... I, I would say my view, long term, is there's going to have to be some big change which come, which is related to, uh, say, a split in the Imperium. That's going to have to come with a Tyranid somewhere, because they're this... They Right now, Tyranids just don't seem like, a, like the big problem. Like, the universe is split in half. Like, who the fuck gives a damn about Tyranids if we can't even get to half of the galaxy. If it gets eaten, why do I care? Yeah, agreed. Uh, yeah, actually, they, they need a big rejig to be the big bad again because there's been a couple of things. Did you, there's a good little story about the high fleet that eats a Nurgle plague planet, and mm. then they're like, oh, shit, <laughs> there's this diseased high fleet coming for us now. And like, the Necrons are out to kill them because, obviously, they're, it yeah. goes against their entire plan of, um, of getting back material fleshy bodies, you know. So, yeah, the Necrons are kind of the kind of good, kind of good guys-ish. Yeah, they're, they're principled. They're, yeah, yeah, they're principled. Brenda, what do you reckon? Where, where do you reckon your your Eldar are going? Uh, you know, that's an interesting question. I don't really know. It's, uh, I mean, this whole new thing where they're like kind of rebranding the Eldari as being like one thing that has kind of like three faces I think is great I mean I the way that they've <clears throat> well the way it's not like the dark Eldar and the Eldar just fucking fight all the time right mm. they, they kind of get along they on some level they agree about more than they disagree about in a certain way I kind of like that um same with the Harlequins I I, I have some I I I feel like the 40k story is very unfocused and it seems like they want to start focusing it and they're doing this with uh, Necrons. I'm hoping that we're going to see some um, more details on chaos because somebody, somebody who's much smarter and more tuned into Warhammer than I am said uh, um, when you have strong bad guys, everything makes is more important you know what i'm saying it's warhammer is better with strong bad guys and right now uh chaos is kind of a joke on the table it doesn't really it doesn't have a real presence um you know warhammer fest has kind of teased that we're going to see some a t-suns reboot uh this year probably and of course death guard are quite good right now but um What's up with fucking world eaters? What is up with, yeah. with Emperor's children? Well, the, the, who cares why? about the Emperor's children? What, what is up with the world eaters? I uh, this is disgusting. We're still stuck on that <laughs> kit from two thousand. I, 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 I want to see codexes. I want to see. A, I want to see a fucking world eater codex. I want to see a fucking Emperor's children codex, and then I want to see chaos uh, supplements, codex supplements that give us things like night lords and word bearers. I think that. I think forty k is gonna if. I think that they want to do a game that's marine on marine crime. I think you guys are right. I think they want they want marines fighting against marines. That's a good game for them, you know. Uh, Horus Heresy has proven that model, and everybody owns these 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 toys. They need to come up with reasons for marines to fight other marines, you know. So I think I think Primarchs are cool. People want to play with Primarchs. I think we're I, I think we're going to see more Primarch models eventually. And uh, I really, I think that it's not even just a matter of like, well, this is what I would think is cool. 
I think the game needs strong chaos and it needs more diverse chaos and not just oh well here's a book here's a book for chaos marines you yeah go, dude. i you know i always want the lot for me chaos should always be the lost and the damned it should be one chaos marine who's been fighting for ten thousand years on his own and then mutants beast men guard everything you see one chaos marine at a time the idea of there being like 10 10,000 year veterans just get shot down by bolt of fire you're just like what <laughs> what you've been fighting for well, 10,000 years for that so the ideal starter force yeah. for chaos is uh what you get blackstone fortress then right yeah Couple that's of- perfect a lord two lord. bodyguards yeah beastmen and uh, uh, traitor guards bunch yeah. of wasters yeah. yeah. I mean, here's the thing is, I, I listened to the uh, Josh Reynolds, Fabius Bio books, mm. and, you know, and I've listened to Lords of Silence. I think a lot of people look at chaos and they're like, and they, I, I think that they don't see how much kind of like depth that tapestry has and how, how much variation you can have within it and how complex those chaos societies are. And I mean, there's little chapters of Marines falling to chaos all the time, you know? There, it's not like there's no new recruits, and then there's, like, you know, old gene seeds, and mm. there's, you know... I think they should make more guys of like that. Guys like Bile and other progenitors out there building new shit all the yeah. time. I think I think there's there's I think there's plenty of Chaos Marines that go around. I think there is, but I think that needs pushing more, because you do get, you know, Veterans of the Long War rule for every single Chaos Marine immediately makes you think, oh, but I think they could do some really good little events of some firstborn Marines who are just like, fuck you. I, you know, maybe not go to Chaos, but they go, fuck you, Imperium. We're going to go, we've got our own fleet, we've got our own thing, let's go Grey Shield kind of thing. Like, that would be brilliant. Really introduce that. You want kind of almost, you want a midpoint, I think, between... Black Templar purity and wobbly wobbly tentacles, chaos marines. You want a kind of just a yeah. dissatisfied. <laughs> you want the silent right. disenfranchised voter of the marine army going. Yeah, oh, I don't like that. I, mean, I, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying, and this is definitely something that I've heard. I've heard a lot of like, but I've 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 almost the more I listen to the books, the more I have stopped seeing it that way. The more I'm kind of like. Okay, these guys kind of, um, they kind of drift into this behavior. They drift into, um, they drift into chaos very easily. Space Marines because of the way that they were created, and that doesn't necessarily get into the ooh, the Emperor made a deal with blah blah blah, the Gene Seed. I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying that the way Space Marines are written is that they are single-minded and obsessive, and they they are on some level like without nuance and they require um almost kind of like single-minded philosophies in order to give them purpose and so this makes them ideal candidates for the ruinous powers who are just like well you know the the universe is only about one thing and if you just do that one thing over and over and over again forever, then you're act. I, I I can give you that purpose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could definitely and see that so, with Corn, where you go from the the knightly order of you know of the Black Templars to yeah, fighting is very chivalric, isn't it? Very honourable. Never get shot in the back. Always charge your enemy first. You should take their skulls. You know, it really is just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like exactly. It's 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 a slippery slope the, with these guys. The space you know, means, if you, the space means encapsulate the whole, the, basically encapsulate the story of the fact that you need this 
you know, this overpowering, overwhelming sense of faith so you don't fall to chaos. And that's the point I think Dan Amlet was saying in his recent uh, Ask Me Anything, which you can watch on YouTube, is that, you know, the Imperium is the way it is to protect people from idle hands do evil things kind of idea, which, you know, if you don't have a strong direction, then chaos in the modern age, in the, in the contemporary age of the 40k universe, gets into you quite easily. Um, and you can be tempted, and there's lots of agents out there to do that. And so, you know, the Marines have to have that <laughs> narrow focus because that's their faith. And that's the that's the tragedy, is like when that faith is finally broken and it leads to absolute bloodshed and, you know... Yeah. Well, you say tragedy, you see, but I say victory. You see, they, they... When you're reading the Horus Heresy books the the space marines were built to be to be weapons that did not think about what they were doing you know and they're also to think in about every... stuff aren't they right but 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 they aren't given the set of tools to really think about things and uh, and this is what happens in the Horus Heresy and it's one of the things i think is so brilliant about the Horus Heresy books and the sense of tragedy that's in them is that in every book, you just have these guys who are like, you know, I believe in X. And then somebody comes up to them and goes, what if X <laughs> is not the central thing of the entire universe? And they're like, how can you say that? And then like two pages later, they're like considering it for the first time. Marines are just child soldiers grown up on, on yeah. souped up steroids. That's basically... That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's yeah 100%. They're child soldiers. Yeah, they, they are. Yeah, they're roided. Like they're, they're kind of a mix, as you say, a child soldier and a WWF 1980s, you know, road warrior kind so of just is, like, here you go. Take, then all Marines should be killed oh, by oh. Sisters of Battle because clearly they've got brains. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I don't know. This all goes back to my hot take that is, that is we need more chaos. Chaos makes, makes uh, uh, Warhammer interesting. Let's see more chaos. Let's see more powerful chaos. You know, yeah, Eldar, fair. orcs, they're, they're, they're obviously orcs are getting their shot in the arm. Yeah, Necrons have already got their shot in the arm. I, if, I think minis. if you... <laughs> mm, oh, they yeah, are beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I think if you look at Dark Eldar and you see with how... Um, and there's a lot of controversy right now about how you know powerful or overpowerful they may be. Uh, we won't get into that. But if you look at how GW writes Craft World Eldar, they kind of do what they do with the Space Marines, where it's like, everything you can do, I can do better. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So uh, if you think Dark Eldar are broken, then hold on to your butts, because when the Craft World Eldar book comes out, they are going to make that look like just uh, uh, you know a, a bad dream. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Be back to third edition. Damn mm. stupid book. Toughness, yeah, toughness, no, eight Wraith Lords or whatever it was. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> so I remember that. I, remember I think that. there's a huge opportunity going forward in, and I'm going to say it, I'm going to say the, the word again, the Tau. I think oh, they, boy, could, they could do some really good stuff with the Tau because almost like the chaos idea, my ideal faction for a Tau would be a core of 10 Tau military advisors and then just fuck tons of Xenos stuff. Small you know, just... Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be so good who are all being sort of military, you know, guided by the Tau, and the Tau will provide off-board missile support and stuff. But, 
how, how good would that be if you had some kind of League of Non-Aligned World style yeah, groups and, going forward? Yeah, crew. What, what Vespids. Yeah, you've got crew. Uh, Vespids you've and got crew. Vespids. Uh, possibly some, and they're mentioned in a. They were mentioned in a short story for Indomitus um, that was online. Uh, Hrud, because Necrons do Hrud, not get yeah. Hrud. Hrud are basically yeah. using uh, technology that's based upon entropy, and that's kind right. of anathema to um, to Necrons. Yeah, you can have uh, Zotes, Zotes, pet, you know, that you could easily... Well. There's that There's that weird creature from Avenging Sun that has the Tau gun and goes, oh, Tau, have all the best. Yeah, he's like, um, he's like the monkey the monkey guy from Solo, isn't he? The the, the guy with all the arms, he's kind of like a st- he, weird sniper guy. I think it's a guy. she. She, sorry, book, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a multi-limbed, it's some kind yeah. of multi-limbed, kind of like a leathery-looking yeah. creature. You could do a kind of star, um, the, the, almost a Star the, Wars the, army. Yeah, squat yeah. the remaining squats, the Demiurg... And Demiurg, because like, here's the again. thing. Demiurg here's the squad, thing, though. The same. <laughs> no, different, different. I, I mean, they're just not going to do that. Is the thing they're not going to do that. They, they they launched Tau as being um, Anime, yeah. this 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 force, this this coalition force, and they're and, and then they've just been backing off that for years. Yeah, in favor such a of, shame. Oh, it's anime. It's 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 essentially clone troopers or whatever. Um, fucking uh, Infinity picked up the Tau idea with combined army and they actually made that army. If you, I mean, if you, if that, that is in a miniatures game out there right now and it's done very well by that company, but, but GW has shown that they have no interest in it. I think the GW fans have shown that they don't really have much interest in it. I don't know. Cause I would, I've always flirted with the crew as an army. I love the crew. I think they're fantastic. I think they're really fab. The Tau can get to shit. Um, it's funny cause they, it, the Tau hit, at the same time that Halo hit, which if you think of one of the bad, the bad, the bad guys in Halo, the Covenant are a religiously driven amalgamation of alien races, and it's like there it is, that, that's it. Make that army, make a ideologically driven coalition of alien races, and that's just brilliant. That's just so good. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with this. I agree with this, but like. Okay, at a certain point, we have to separate like um, the our our love of the lore and our love of the rule sets of the games and those ideas, we and we have to start looking at what the yeah. business model is. Well, let, let's go yeah. to that then. Let's go to that. Let's talk about where do you think sure. the game and the miniatures are going? So the lore, we've all got our own ideas. What? Where do you think we're going to go? Are we going to get? Are we phasing out the firstborn? Are Games Workshop going to come around your house, take all your miniatures off your table, and melt them? Um, yes, they are. They are. Clearly. It's actually true. Clearly. They are. Watch out, and they're, they're going to give you a woke test. They're going to say, "Here's yeah. here's a woke test, and if you don't pass it, then you're not allowed to play anymore." Oh my yeah. god! So I'm so excited about the new <laughs> guard heads, but Jesus yes. Christ! Instagram comments on them. Jesus Christ! I haven't looked at the trash comments about the guard yeah. heads, but they're oh, really yeah, good. I've yeah. I've been avoiding them as well. Fantastic. I've been avoiding them as well. Because we knew it was going to be bad. Yeah. With between the between the AOS announcements mm-hmm. and the uh, and the guard announcements, we knew it was going to be bad. And they look but so good. They look so. They look. They good. do look good. Yeah. But you ask what the future of mm. uh, Games Workshop products is, mm-hmm. and you can like see it pretty clearly, which is that they're just going to go around and like they they realize. I think they realized a couple of years ago. That after that big lawsuit they did, where they were like, "Oh, you guys can't use our property to make money. Third-party guys Chapter can't house, use our properties. Yeah. We're we're gonna reduce the amount of stuff in our codexes, and we're gonna reduce our lines, and we're gonna make sure everything has a trademarkable name." But did that stop the third-party guys? No, they just said, 
dark space noble elf and then it's a bunch of dark eldar shit that looks just like dark eldar shit it didn't stop anything and so now they're like okay well these other people are eating our lunch like we made the food and they're eating it now we're gonna go into their world and we're gonna fuck them up and that's and so look at new heads look at new weapon sprues look at you know, the stuff that other people have been filling the market yeah, with for years they now need to do. they're going after it um, they should because i hate I hate, genuinely hate the companies that have no imagination and just knock off GW uh, knockoffs. I just think, what a waste of time. What a waste of creativity. Yeah, they cost less if they take out the shipping fees from Russia, but... Bro, I, they don't even cost No, less. they don't even cost that less. I just think, Jesus Christ, come up with your own stuff. And I'm not even trying to sound GW fanboyish here, but you've got these people who are obviously talented, obviously good sculptors, Come up with something yourself, please. I'm so bored of going, oh, go on Instagram and here's a, some type of Imperial Guard tank 3D printed out of resin. Here's a sister of battle who can't see over her own tits. Here's my Slaneshi demons. It's like, Jesus Christ. Just, it, sorry, I'm going on a bit of rant here, but it, it pisses I'll, me off. No, it really that's hot takes, off. bro. Yeah. I, here's my hot take. I fucking love the third party stuff. <laughs> I fucking love them. I use them at every chance I get. <laughs> fucking Creature Caster, RTLW, uh, you know, Anvil Industries and Victoria. Uh, yeah, if I was gonna do if I was gonna do Eye Guard or something, I'd totally do that. I'm playing with some War Games Atlantic uh, ROM joggers right now, and if I was gonna do a fucking Eye Guard army, I'd fucking totally. Use Would them. you? They're so fucking oh, okay. good. Yeah, they're okay. beautiful models. They're beautiful hard plastic models. Like like GW is like taking us to the laundry. Like it, with these prices, man, they have literally based their pricing structure on what the market will bear, and um. They, they've they've made they've made a game. It, it's almost untenable to play. It's almost untenable to stay up on top of at this point. Like like this is how everybody always wants to talk about free market capitalism. This is how capitalism works. You love capitalism. There's competition. That's what they always There's say. Capi- full metal RPG. Big capitalists. That's what they always say. But, oh yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you can say about the price. Like Games Workshop is you know you know is at the top end of the prices, but then. On the other hand, I would say if I had a choice between a box of plastic miniatures from Games Workshop that looked like, say, the Van Sar, and then I look at the equivalent box from Infinity, I know what I'd pick because Infinity's, like, it's, I think material-wise, it's not as, it's not as user-friendly. Let's just be honest, white metal's a pig to work with. If it was lead then I'd be happier to work with it. And there, there I am looking at my lovely uh, confrontation miniatures that were all lead, and they never changed from them till the day they died. Um, but, <laughs> and that's uh, why I died. Uh, but the, yeah, they died, didn't die of like, poisoning. No, they died of doing yeah. The point is that I yeah. don't actually think Games Workshop prices compared to their competitors in the market. And when, when I say that, their competitors are able to deliver just as good sculpts. I think their price is actually quite comparable. I think the thing that just fucks um, people's view of what you need to play a Games Workshop game is based upon, oh, you need to have a 2,000-point army. No, you fucking don't. Yeah, Look, you 100% can, agree. You can dive in spending actually equivalent to any other game and still have fun. Yeah, look, look, okay. I remember when the Black Coach cost 40 bucks. All right. The black coach. The black coach is a hundred and fifty dollars right now. If you want to play the black coach, it's a hundred and fifty dollars. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. 
That's one model. That's it is, but that's like that's like saying a Doom wheel should be a hundred and fifty dollars. I think it's <laughs> what? it's difficult. So, <laughs> so I'm very. I used to be. I went into a full fuck GW. I'm buying everything secondhand and using Perry miniatures, um, Napoleonics as guard and stuff like that. But I. Yeah, there are certain things that I bulk them that I will never collect because I can only collect an army up to about a thousand points. Because you're right, when you start going past that, that's when you need the thing, you need the centerpiece, and they are money. They are big money. And I, yeah, rather buy a black coach, <laughs> yeah. I'd buy a combat patrol box because that gives me a whole nother army. I think you can be savvy. I think you can be very savvy and accept there are things you're not going to be able to touch. Just as I can't afford a free uh, virtual reality device, I can't play those type of computer games so there are certain things that are out of my limit i'm never gonna be able to collect the sons of behemoth army fucking love yeah, them right. never gonna be able to collect them but i can collect other stuff and put that together and still play games and so for, yeah and i was shocked the one that shocked me was malifaux mm. i was blown away at the cost of malifaux because that was like 30 quid for a box of five plastic models and they were the darling. I didn't get it. I was like, what? This is the same. And also, hands well, up, I own is, Kingdom is Death. The... Like, I've got, like... Holy shit! Price, right? <laughs> but also, some of the larger models, which are plastic, like Spidicules or the Dragon King, I think they're in the $150 mark anyway. And that's a that's a box. Yeah, it comes with cards. And we know card and printed materials are actually really expensive component. Like, if you look at Curse City, miniatures is actually, like, in terms of of cost we know it's fuck all but it's the work to design it where uh, where the money goes the card components is less about the amount of money that goes into design them it, the printing is the bitch and shipping of all that to get it all together um yeah i mean also like talk war machine huge the huge the huge massive war jacks they're like 150 100 150 dollars and they're 100 dollars if you're in the US, if you're in the UK, you've got to add shipping onto that. So the thing you actually also have to put into these metrics is import charges, taxes, you know? Yeah. yeah and their look, shit. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't reasons why, but I think I, I will I will say that I think that GW has looked at the miniatures game market and they have created a new pricing model. And they've and they've designed that pricing model to essentially be like well, there's juice out there. We're going to squeeze as much of that juice out as we possibly fucking can. Like, I, I'm not against a $150 model in an army, right? I remember when the Bane Blade came out, and I was like, give me a fucking Bane Blade. And I remember when fucking uh, Forge World was like this cool boutique kind of thing. It was very expensive, and it was kind of like, ooh, pinkies up. That guy's got Forge World, you know? <laughs> and it was like, and I was happy to go on there and spend $200 for a fucking scabby Athrax fucking grapefruit-sized <laughs> ball of resin, right? I was very happy to. But this idea that, like, we're going to actually build every army to have multiple instances of these price point models. Look at fucking Slanesh right now. Like, there's now going to be three Keeper of Secret oh, yeah. models yeah, that are right. all, like, discrete molds, and each one's going to be, like, 120 bucks, right? And then, they, and, then they, and then they cheekily go into the fucking, like, AOS uh, uh, battle tomes, and they're like... Oh well, there's here's this uh, formation. Yeah, <laughs> all three. I, I know. Right? I look, and you're like, yeah. I was looking at the Luminef book, and I was like, you, ooh, free giant stone goats. Ooh, that's <laughs> that's yeah, yeah, right. To this though, as well, I saw on Twitter like a couple of months ago, someone was sharing the price of of Skaven plague monks 
back when they were metal when they were first mm. done back in like I guess they would this was the price of when they were in fifth fourth fifth edition yeah fifth edition Warhammer Fantasy the price of those that's playing there the price of buying a pack of three of those and making an entire uh, entire regiment of say twenty versus buying enough bo- uh, buying the right number of boxes now to make a regiment of the same size is cheaper now than what it was in metal. Yeah, and, and, uh, and you, I, yeah, I did so, a fun. Sure, I did you know, a, it's sure. compli- yeah. it's complicated. I, I, we'll just say it's complicated. Of course, of course. Yeah, I will acknowledge that. I will acknowledge yeah. that. But we we did <laughs> reference Malifo and Infinity, yeah. and Malifo and Infinity used to be like. Oh, these are the cheap games for people who don't want to play Games Workshop, and, and it was almost embarrassing when you started playing a different game that wasn't Games Workshop. You'd go and you'd be like, you'd be like, this seems so inexpensive, and then you start thinking to yourself, wait a minute. And I think that uh, that Games Workshop has has had created an inflationary pressure on the price because if you're Corvus Belly and you're looking over at Games Workshop and you're seeing people buying like three Bloodthirsters at $150 each so they can run a special formation, and you're sitting there saying, "Oh, I've got a fucking Pano starter box and it's 40 bucks and it's everything you need to play." You, you're scratching your head yeah. and you're like, am I leaving money on the table? <laughs> yeah. you know? and, and we've watched Malifaux prices go up. Yeah. Guild Ball we've watched fucking, uh, in price rapidly. Um, Guild Ball got what really... Guild, Guild Ball, Ball, yeah, yeah. Rapidly yeah. escalated. Uh, it was if, like originally about, I think you could have got a, you got starter of like for 15 quid of three white metal models. Then they brought out a box of like six that was about, what, 30 quid, I think? And then they went plastic and then they went resin and then you were like 60 quid 70 quid 80 quid for the same number of models and that just represents choice of material choice of what they do for development other components in there blah 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 you know it's i mean yeah there's 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 a lot of extenuating factors and um I, i i there's no doubt that the cost of doing business for a miniatures company now is higher than it was in the 90s, in the early 2000s, the 2010s. I completely acknowledge all of those things. However, like, to me, there is no, there's just no way that, like, a uh, black coach can, like, literally something like quadruple in price. (laughs) There's just no way that it quadruples in price. There's no way it's also quadrupled in value. There's just no way that that that, that right there's a big hole in there that is that is like fucking Papa GW going like, thank you, sir, <laughs> thank you very much for the for that uh, giant stack of greenbacks, you know. And, right. Okay. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Games Workshop fans that will go online yeah. and like get in your grill and fight and die over Games Workshop's right to essentially like scorch you. And I mean, of course they have the right, but like. I also have the right to be like, come on, guys, oh, come yeah. on. Oh, yeah, know? 100%. Right, I'm getting us back on topic because we've, 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 we spiraled <laughs> yeah, away yeah, to yeah. pricing there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to cover a couple more things. On Honestly, this is about the future of 40K. Um, right, this is a rapid-fire question for you both. If GW produced one kit, one new kit for the 40K universe, plastic kit, what would it be? What do you want? Eldar Corsairs. Eldar Corsair, that's a really good shout. Is is that a line or is that a kit though? Just a kit. I just oh, just just he wants 20, 20 Eldar Corsairs in a box with cool back banners. Twenty Eldar Corsairs in a box. Okay. I don't um, know. I assumed you want the back banners. Yeah, yeah, of course. I want them in their yeah. anti grav suits, and I want yes. them to fuck up guardsmen. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's a great shout. 
Brendan. I want uh, I want Emperor's Children, uh, mm, Chaos Space Marines. Yeah, just, yeah. Just not 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 even not some weird noise Marines shit. Mm-hmm. Just Emperor's Children. Agreed. Just Emperor's Children. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Space Marines. I've got to go with you know. World Eaters, as mentioned before. Those those nice. Berserk miniatures suck balls. <laughs> they really suck. <laughs> um, oh, and I'd love... They're all so old. I would love for what them to do as well. I'm going to cheat and have two because I'm in charge. Um, I want them to do kind of what they did with Warcry and do some flora and fauna of the galaxy as well. I just want a box of creatures, just like, yes. you know, the, the raptor tricks and the harpies yeah, and stuff. Yeah. That for 40k. Brilliant. Grox herds and stuff. Just bang them on the table. I think that'd be really, really sure. cool. Okay. Wandering monsters pack. Yeah. yeah. So let's push on then, and let's talk about where do we think like narrative and RPG gaming is going in terms of, do you think players are embracing it? Do you think, what stories do you think people want to tell? Um, do you think we're going to keep an Imperium focus? What What's your experience? Because you, 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 Brendan, so, you've played Crusade, like that's your yeah. jam, right? Chris is gonna um, is gonna uh, have a lot to say on this, I think. So I'm just gonna like come in with my like RPG, my full metal RPG view. And and first of all, again, like you said, with Crusade, it is the by far the best thing they have ever done for narrative players. I want more of it. Just just keep going. I'm I am ready for a generation of narrative play podcasts for Crusade play podcasts to start pushing back and creating uh, a space where it's like you don't have to, the podcasts aren't just all people fussing over the tournament stats and the tournament rankings and the optimizations. I want to have more and more and more content for those of us who are into the narrative stuff. Now, in terms of like uh, a guy who's been involved with like fucking Warhammer role-playing and shit for fucking like his entire goddamn life, it seems like, I think that the uh, old dark heresy line of books was not super welcoming to new players. I think it did bring in new players, but I think that they were not as expansive as they could have been. I don't think that they were as big of a tent as they could have been. I look at Soulbound, I look at Wrath and Glory, and I see big tent games. I see games that will be out into, like pushing into the RPG space, opening up narrative creative opportunities, and then when they are bringing this new generation of role players who's interested in this new shit back into the game, they're going to find battle sisters that are not like fuckable waifus. They're going to have multi-ethnic fucking uh, eye guard heads. There's going to be like a lot of representation, and I'm, I am stoked for a new era of people, people of color, females, gender non-binary peoples, Coming into our fucking world and expanding the franchise of uh, of miniatures wargaming and Warhammer in general because uh, I mean to me the sky's the limit on like creativity and accessibility. It's never been better, and I'm just gonna surrender the floor. Yeah, now. You I guys think that's ahead. a good start. I mean, let's be honest. Like, people can be negative about capitalism, and there are issues. But the thing is, capitalism drives you to diversify your product range and your audience. You know, if you want more money, if you want more profits, sell to more people and thus find more ways of selling to more people. So in that respect, capitalism is democratizing in that sense, is in it wants to widen its, you know, scope of who plays it. So I think you're 100% right there, Brennan, with, with who, the, where the games pull it, stuff uh, pull people in. Um, yeah, I think... Where's the future with... I, I love the idea of, of Crusade. I've not played it yet, but obviously I'm coming from Necromunda. 
I think Necromunda, again, people whine about, maybe whine about New Necromunda, but it's there's more shit in New Necromunda now than there ever was when I first played Necromunda when it first came out. When you just had the core box and yeah. fucking Outlanders. Like, I said this the other day, it was... It was two products. Necromunda yeah. was two products, and then some fan magazines produced five years later. Yeah. Basically, it was in like the, the the love that the old specialist games get when they had they had nothing, and now they they every game is just yeah detailed. Um, sorry, sure. sorry, it's okay. You Brimming over with content, is, we have so much content you can, available. You dive into Necromunda, okay, and it's like okay, sure. There's there's uh, all right. Um, there's um. If, if you dive into Necromunda, there's um, you've got the core rulebook and you've got the initial gangs, but then um, yeah, like you've got you've got loads of stuff, um, and in the all the new books add so much more like narrative. Like the whole Vansar like book has huge amounts of content in there, and uh, you know other things like that. So the and then you've got like the gang system and all the scenarios. There's just like tons and tons and tons of of story there, and pe- you can play Necromunda. Yeah, sure, you can play Necromunda tournament style. Oh, you can. Oh, how many creds? Oh, I'm gonna optimize it. But like, who the fuck gives a shit? It's it's pure story. Oh, Necromunda God. is pure story I, all the time. I don't know why you would do that. I hear about people building neck. Like I, I hear about people building competitive necromunda. Yes. <laughs> what are like, you doing? What, what, what are you what, doing? What, what, <laughs> that I know that makes no a, sense to there me. There has to be a bit of balance. But the whole point is necromunda. Necromunda really is a toolkit. So if you as players are recognised after a certain amount of time, like okay, like that is getting a bit op in our campaign then step in and do some rebalancing to allow there to be the opportunity so people that are not winning as many games to win a few games. Because that's good, because that leads to new narrative. And for the people that are winning the games, you've got new challenges. Because now you're going like, well, I was winning games, now I'm not. What do I do now to win the games that I used to be winning? Like, up up the difficulty level, if you need to, for yourself. Um, and then for the roleplay games, yeah, I agree. Like, I love... I like... Warhammer Fantasy, what it does with the D, D uh, percentile system. Like I've written for Warhammer Fantasy roleplay. This product's coming out. That's great. But also for forty k, I don't percentile system just does not jazz me when I've got guardsmen versus like Primaris Marines. I just the mass doesn't just doesn't work out. I I know Warhammer Fantasy um, with its combat system kind of gets rid of some of the the legacy issues, but. I also like dice pools because I can eyeball the statistics. I like bell curves. I'm a mathematician at heart, so I can just go, right, I add two more dice to my dice pool. I know that gives me an extra success on average. They're done. Like, it's that. And, you know, my partner and other people who aren't massively, you know, mechanically minded and that can see the obvious benefits when you go, you've got extra dice. They go, cool, I'm going to hit. Brilliant, done. This is why Vampire works. This is why World of Darkness games works. Dice pools are great, so... Uh, and also, people who say Wrath and Glory is oh well, it's super friends. Fuck you. That's that's not that's me <laughs> taking off my Cubicle Seven hat. Fuck yeah. you. Because Do it. it is a box of tools for a lot of things, and it focuses on one particular area of the 40k universe called the Gilead se- se- uh, sector, and well, system, and. You can play anything out of that core box. If you want to just play Marines, just play Marines. If you want to play Guard, just play Guard. If you want to play a Rogue Trader who's also got some 
jazzed to fuck up like um, Orc Freebooter and his crew, you can do that. If you want to just play Orcs, do that. So yeah, that's what that's what GMs are for. The yeah. GM will say, I, I just "We're going to run it." This idea that oh, it's, I don't understand Wrath and Glory. What is, what? How do these mixed parties work? Are you a fucking idiot? <laughs> yeah, and go. Yeah. that's what the game is telling you to play. It's just giving you options. Just because the options are there doesn't mean you have to use them all at once. Like I don't get that. The, the, w- Okay, work. Sorry, role players. <laughs> no, great, really role, good. Role really players good. and miniatures gamers are in, innately creative communities. However, they're still just regular people. And the thing about you know, this is there's a little bit of marketing guy coming out of me right now, so be prepared. And is, I know, right? I'm like the anti-capitalist marketing guy. <laughs> the the level of dissonance in my life, it, 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 it's it, there's a lot. But here's here's the thing, people need to be told what to do yeah, like yeah, if you, yeah you take yeah. a very creative person and you put a bunch of this is, this is this is one of the things about like why when you look at like a miniatures agnostic game uh, mm. there's a lot of people who, who don't they don't know how to respond to it because they're like they're like they're like tell me what to do like what models do i use what is the story put it in front of me and there are certain players who will always respond very passionately and be like oh look i can do anything i can do anything and they want to do anything they want to have a blank canvas to paint on but the preponderance of your community is going to be like tell me what to do and i think once lath and glory comes out and and you have a book that's like eldar adventures and here's another book and it's called like orcs of the big wah and it's like oh it's all orcs oh it's all eldars like it will those those uh 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 problems those uh that those dissenting voices will will disappear. Oh yeah. What, what are your what are your takes, Rob? Yeah. So because I'll do mine. Then we need to wrap at? up because this is going. We this do, is we, going we gotta. So yeah. Yeah. Just quickly. Yeah. So um, first thing I would say, if I started this hobby again, I would just play Necromunda and Warcry. Genuinely, I would just have them and that. Oh, would be that's it. A, that's a that, scorching take, yeah, bro. Would, I, wow. That would be wow. Lovely. That'd be lovely. But yeah. I wow. That's, I that's think the story. Yeah. Yeah, the stories we've got coming now are going to be fantastic. I want to see a bit more expansion of the Imperium Nihilus, 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 see what's going on down there. Um, I would love to see some fluff books, some lore books on the Ghoul Stars, because I think the Ghoul Stars have always been this kind of cool region that have almost been their own thing. That would be beautiful, get some some stuff written on that. But basically, my... I love the GW pushing narrative. You can see it with Age of Sigmar, obviously getting its own uh, version of it in AOS three. So GW are obviously into this. I'm gonna I'm gonna implore our listeners, both of you, both people listening to this podcast. Thanks, mom. Yeah, and mine, <laughs> and my mom. Um, <laughs> play a game of forty k with an umpire. Get someone else to write you a scenario. And pick your army, maybe. Maybe give you a bit of choice. But play it. Approach a game of 40k like a role-play game and see if you like it. Because I think that is a lost art in, in miniatures gaming now. I think umpiring makes a game... It elevates it. Genuinely elevates it another pitch. And I think with Crusade and the tools that GW are giving you, Wrath and Glory, uh, 40k, blend them together, mix them up, Necromunda... Get write it. Get your friends together and write yourselves a story about modern 40k and see what you come up with. That's my challenge to the listeners this week. Yeah, 
because uh, hey, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Hack rules. Yeah. Hack rules, bro. Yeah. That, guess what, bro? You could you could open up the Necromunda book and see something you like, and you could take it and put it into 40k. What? <laughs> yeah. What? You could have you could have Necromunda and, gangs discovering a man of iron from Blackstone Fortress hidden in Archaeotech hoard. You could do what you, you could, want. Uh, <laughs> if your friend there starts, there is rules for freaking, a man of iron in Necromunda. Is there? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, there you go. Look, you see, there you go. <laughs> Like, don't let if 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 your friends won't let you do this because they're like it's imbalanced. Then you then either a you can can try and convince them or b you need to find some friends. I'm not saying get rid of your friends. No, I am. I'm saying like maybe go find some friends who who are a bit more expansive in their thinking. If you because really want to break them, Games Works play Inquisitor 28 because that's that requires <laughs> a games master. Yeah. Yeah, but please do it, because I think narrative is the future. We're, we're talking about the future of 40K, and I think the future is narrative. I genuinely think the idea now... Imagine, would you rather go to a tournament at Warhammer World or a narrative day where you go, they tell you what I to bring, they have some of the design studio there, like, running the... Like, how amazing would that be? You would be like... Um, remember Legend of the Five Rings used to do the tournaments where, like, the winners would decide the story? 40K should do that. Imagine an event. Ah. Oh. Sorry. Listen, listen, listen. Here, here's, here's, here's a hot take. Okay, for decades we have been having competitive Warhammer players tell us that they need to be in charge of the game because we don't understand it, and they are the most important consumers. They say we buy the most, we direct the hobby. They get this idea because they gather in large numbers because they have to for their tournaments. They say, "Look at this tournament. There's 800 tables here. Do you understand what that means? Do you understand what a what a powerful buying block we are, right?" And there was no way that we could ever like uh, uh, quantifiably disprove them because they had numbers on everything that they did. Look what we do. Look at these numbers that we have, right? And all of us just saying, "Yeah, but I think there's a lot of people who are just playing in their garage for fun." We couldn't put a number on that. That was just this like mythological thing then what happened COVID-19 and tournaments turn off for a year they just go dark for a year and GW has its biggest year ever right (laughs) yeah with zero tournaments zero guys going the meta dictates that you need these toys zero right who is running this hobby the people who want to play at home and do narrative campaigns, okay? It's our fucking hobby. These other guys are just the they're they're a small percentage of the of the of the community with the loudest voice. They're just very very loud and we need to be in uh, in this space, in the podcast space, in the YouTube space being loud and being like Here's our fucking narrative games, bro. The, the buying Fuck block are converters because fucking hell, you're buying two kits and sticking them together to make one Jesus. model. Yeah. The bio- let's, also, what, let's also have yeah. our canary in the coal mine of what happens when you go too tournament heavy and you focus just on that. Guild Ball wrote itself into a design corner. There was no space to create anything else. They did it all. That game is now dead. Like when I say dead, yeah, yeah literally you can go dead. Play, go on, yeah, that's good. It's gone. It's gone though. And that was a game that was so focused on that that yeah, I was interested initially in the setting, but the it, it, it was a secondary thing to the delivery of models and a tournament play. And then the other example is uh, I, I personally feel, um, and I, I still love the game and like mechanically, and I will be getting back into it at some point with some new stuff because I got rid of my old stuff that was painted. War Machine Horse is heavily tournament-based, and again, I think there's likely a, a, a thinking of, well, what sells stuff? Because 
tournament players don't buy new, buy, don't buy new. They buy secondhand, put together bread. Uh, also, let's keep in mind they started designing for their tournament players, and they produced aesthetically one of the most ugly games in existence because playing on 2D neoprene mats is more exact than playing with with 3D models. And and, and you start to, you, you get in a privateer player's grill about it, and you're like, this is an ugly fucking game. And they're like, well, I need to know where I am next to this pit. And it's like, yeah, but your your game looks like shit, bro. And, if, and, and seriously, I'm spending hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to be in this game. It better look fucking beautiful. All right, all right. We, I'm yeah, sorry. we got a cut. We got a cut. <laughs> I cut it off. It's Mother's Day. I gotta go say hi to my mom. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, guys, for being on the show. I really appreciate both of you, Chris, especially. Thank you for taking time out of your yeah, day. I can come back and actually talk about RPGs when we have more time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dude, we will yeah, I, I, yeah. I would love it if you would come on often, yeah. my friend. It's, I, I don't see enough of you. Thanks That's for coming right. around. And thank you for everything you put on the fucking uh, FMRPG Discord, That's dude. Right. It's always great having you there. It's very insightful. It's very insightful. Excellent stuff. AOS. Two weeks. All right. Two weeks. Anyway, back to the, back weeks, to the proper two game. Two weeks.